correct. We are recording. I was trying to pull up the website of the Mad Elephant. A Mad Elephant. Yes. Do you remember when people used to be kind of obsessed with elephants? I had an aunt that was really obsessed with elephants. I I don't know if she was obsessed as much as like people found out she liked elephants. So every occasion she was given an elephant. <laughs> yeah, my poor sister-in-law had cows, cows. Like, cows, and every birthday she would be given Here's a cow. finally she said please do not give me any more cows oh good job using your words yeah i i did not give her a cow i believe i didn't give her a cow ever uh well i noticed she had quite the collection uh unfortunately i did that to my mother with teddy bears because she liked teddy bears so much Uh i gave her a couple of teddy bears and the collection ended up being like 30 teddy bears wow my ex-brother and sister-in-law a very very sweet thing he's kind of a gruff, manly man, doesn't show his emotions. And the first Christmas that they were together, they'd been together like three or four months and he got her a teddy bear with the year on its foot. And then um, every year he bought her another teddy bear. They've now been married, I think uh, almost 30 years. And so she has all of these teddy bears and it's very sweet. Um, and I'm glad that I didn't have that problem. <laughs> yeah. They take up a lot of room. They take up a lot of room and they and get really dusty. That's what I was, And there's no way to really clean them. And then what is going to happen when she passes? Well, they, she doesn't have trash. She doesn't have 50 grandkids to each get a teddy bear. Yeah. They'll, they'll go in the trash, but anyway, very sweet, very kind. Welcome to It's So Weird podcast with Marcy and Christy. This week, we are going to talk about pets and our relationship with animals. And if you don't like pets, maybe tune in next week because um, I think pets are very important. I think that relationships with animals are incredibly vital to our mental health. And I know you do too. Yeah, I think they're, I think they're, important. Uh, I think they're essential to most people. And even if you don't like pets, it doesn't mean you can't appreciate nature in the greater sense. Correct. Yes. Uh, I have a friend who lives out in the country and I love her turkeys and I think she likes her turkeys too. They're quite humorous. They are messy like geese. Yeah. And they are sort of destructive. Yes. But she has... A menagerie, whether she likes pets or not, she has skunks, raccoons, bears, turkeys, chipmunks, which are very destructive. Didn't know that to the point of they chew your steps. If yes. you put salt down, yep. that's just num, 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 num. deliciousness to them. So uh-huh. she had a pest problem from those adorable little chipmunks. That had to be resolved because you cannot have a pest problem, no matter how much you like. I like mice. I know. Doesn't mean that I'm going to be generous enough to allow them to live in my home. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, I get you. I they, get they carry you. pestilence. And that's a problem. They do. But sort of our, you know, relationship with pets has definitely grown and evolved in recent decades. You know, I, you and I grew up with maybe some, some people had a dog that rode with them everywhere um, in the car. And that was kind of unusual, at least, you know, in, in, in my life, it was uh, being a little kid and you'd see a dog sitting on some man's lap in the car and you'd be like, oh my gosh, now that is pretty commonplace. My uh, golden retriever goes with me everywhere virtually. Um, he goes to work with me and stays at work with me all day, every day. And folks at work generally adore him. Uh, he does uh, stay away from people that aren't pet people. And there are a few of those. Yes. So. For whatever reason, it could be that you just think they're dirty. It, it could mm-hmm. be that you're highly allergic to it them, could, which it, I advise it, anyone who is highly allergic to pets that they don't get one. Right. Cause that's hard. My that's son hard. is, it, my son is very allergic to cats. all the time loves cats, but his health is much better now yeah. that he doesn't live with a cat in his house anymore. Yeah. You don't want so. an inflammatory disease just because you love, you yes. can enjoy pets on videos now. <laughs> he does. And, and do it through virtual reality. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I also have two cats and uh, when he comes down, he came down this week and he does pet the cat's and then wash his hands. I'll bet he washed his hands five times while he was here because he just loves kitties. And it's, and it is kind of sad because, you know, he just can't really be around them a lot. Yeah. It's, it, I believe it's, it's unfair. Yeah. It truly is because I know several people who love animals and, but there are pets that tend to not carry the dander Mm-hmm. the saliva that comes along with uh, yeah, I mean, the inflammation cat um i hear that they're quite a chore as far as grooming them goes which um, what which, so hairless cats apparently oh yes that, yeah yes they, they apparently don't groom themselves in the same way so they need assistance like they need their ears cleaned like <laughs> you need to physically clean their ears and other areas which I don't know, like, that's not really something that I'm interested in. <laughs> it's called high maintenance. And, yeah. and, okay. So these are the topics I want to cover today, okay. which includes that. I, I want to discuss whether I think I know your answer, whether pets have souls or consciousness, because it is up for debate. I know that we seem to think that's an unrealistic statement. Also, a donation to help animals, vet bills, mm-hmm. breeds mm-hmm. are important. Puppies versus rescue or kittens yes. versus rescue. Yep. Food, time and effort and exercise as, as well as, which is on the, a little bit on the woo-woo side of being empathic, more empathic to pets or being less. Sometimes I think people have more advantage if they have more empathic skills or develop them 
to mm-hmm. uh, deal with their pets or connect with their pets than people who are empath challenged, so to speak. Yeah. Or just, yeah. Um, I don't know if empath is, is, you know, exactly the term, um, awareness, um, yeah. Awareness and consideration for a pet's emotion. Um, you well, know, they don't really have a voice. They don't right, speak right. English and, or and, Spanish or whatever. Language right. But, but if you pay attention to their behavior, you notice, you know, things. And, and as I said, I take Leo to work with me every day and it had, I, I do sometimes have to educate people on dogs. Don't really want their heads padded. Okay. <laughs> people don't want their heads padded. Exactly. Humans don't really <laughs> dig that. Dogs don't really dig that. Cats don't dig that. No. Um, so Where did Caitlin, we get that? Where did we get the idea? I don't that- know. You give a dog a pat on the head. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of a, you know, like, I don't know. It, it, I don't know if that's an actual saying, but I've heard it said many times and yeah, it's, it's just not true. I see little kids do it, but I think it's because their motor skills, uh, yes. not have Yes. The finesse that adults yes. have. And, and, and with, so it ends up beating the head yes. of an animal and instead with, of, and, and yeah, when, when I address that, I'm, I'm like, okay, he likes strokes. He likes <laughs> right. to run your fingers through his hair and rub behind his ear and his chin. That's, that's what he likes. And then he really likes his butt rubbed. Right. Who doesn't like their butt rubbed? I know, well, you know, <laughs> not, I've had other dogs and, and Leo definitely enjoys that much more than any other dog I've ever had. I mean, he, he just, he really, that's his spot. He really likes that. And you know, okay. All right. Well, I wanted to talk about the consciousness or soul because I've owned a lot of animals. Mm-hmm. I have owned a lot. Yes, you have. And uh, they all had unique personalities. I've never had two cats alike, two dogs alike. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And And there are certain traits that are you know, you can, you can bet on with a certain breed of dog, but absolutely they all have different personalities. I, I, I do. I, be, I believe that they very much have consciousness. They um, must have souls, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's the beautiful thing. Um, I struggle with folks that try to uh, replicate their pet experience so you have a dog or a cat and it passes you away bonded. or a bird. Um, my daughter had a bird. A um, bird's very, yeah. Very yeah. Her bird was, I was surprised in um, sort of the relationship that I developed with her bird and how kind and loving and sweet it was. That was a surprise to me. And um, it was unfortunate uh, that the bird passed away we didn't really have it for a long time. Well, it depends on the breed. Again, Um, if you pick an African gray or a larger, a larger bird lives longer. Yes. Well, her bungee was expected to live a long time. It passed away while we were on vacation. 
it, and you know, and they they do they get stressed. Um, and apparently they have a heart attack. Apparently, the bird passed away a few hours before we got home, and you know, um, it had that been sucks. Yeah, it really, it really. Did. We had a great <laughs> vacation. I know and, I'm and, laughing, but. Uh, it, I feel so bad for um, her dad because this was actually the second time this happened to him that he was in charge and the animal passed away under his care. And I don't think that he had anything to do with (laughs) I don't think he No, no, it wasn't neglect. I think it was bad luck. And again, and that's something I did leave off the list is the fact that when you care for another person's animal, the responsibility that uh, lays at your feet, if something would occur to it, you have to consider that as a result. And so does the owner. Yes. And that is very stressful. I, I watch a friend's dog and the dog is my friend's life. I mean, he loves his dog very much. And I am very sensitive to the fact that if I let something happen to this dog, this is going to be bad. Um, <laughs> it might end your relationship. It might, and it most certainly is going to cause lifelong damage for the human. Um, and, and so yeah, and which that. is kind of a ridiculous concept because yeah, I know it, it, it's not really within your control if the animal is already stressed because you've given your dog over to not a stranger but an acquaintance. Yes. So the instinct is is for the cat or the dog to go find you. Yes, and and that is something the first you know, uh, the, the first time that I was left with Logan in my care for about three hours, he just sat at the door waiting, yes. waiting for his daddy it's to come stressful out. on the pet sitter because there's not really anything you can do yeah. about it besides yeah. let the dog play it out. Yeah. And, and now he's fine. An interesting thing. I had him over the weekend and um, we, instead of meeting at my house, which is what normally happens, either I pick him up from his house or he can, he brings them to my house. We met at my construction site and I was not driving my normal vehicle. I was driving my truck, which he's never been in. So when we get ready to leave, um, he won't get in the truck. <laughs> He's like, I don't know that truck. And I, I was stranger <laughs> danger. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, the owner was like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? Why is this? And I said, listen, he's at a strange place. You're asking him to get into a strange truck. And I said, he knows me, but these are completely different circumstances. Why don't you go ahead and take him to the house? And so, you know, we, we get to my house, he gets out of the car, he comes right in the house and he lays down on the couch. Right. And I said, that's, that's what it is. I said, you know, dogs are, are like children. Cats are like children, you know, or like people, you know, a new situation, not everybody is down for. And, uh, especially a rescue dog that, that has had some trauma, you know, might not be down for a a break in the routine. 
So anyway, yeah, you know. And that's why I brought up the subject puppy versus rescue because it's a completely completely different story when you have a puppy. Okay, well, it's twofold. Puppies are very difficult. Yes, they're messy. They're time consuming. And I hate to say it, I don't like to compare pets to children because I do think they're completely two different responsibilities, consciousness, effort. Uh, Either way, a puppy has the same habits as a baby does in the fact that they have to use the restroom every two hours. Mm -hmm. They tend to not have a lot of bowel control. Having had children and one puppy, Leo, my golden, uh, my daughter got him when he was six weeks old. And I said to her, because I've always been a rescue person, I did not want this dog. I didn't, I didn't think that, you know, spending hundreds of dollars on a purebred dog uh, was money well spent, especially when you could get one at the Humane Society. Anyway, she got him when he was six weeks old. And I said to her, you know what? I've had two infants before. I, I'm not doing this. I don't want any part of this. Yes. So for two years, she pretty much got up with him and did everything. And probably the first six or eight months, uh, I would hear her awake every two or three hours. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and that's a lot. People don't realize how much a lot a puppy is. You could even create them, but creating them doesn't provide the solution because they whine. They're used to having a pack of puppies. Right. So they're used to having that touch, that companionship. They're used to having the mother Mm -hmm. uh, to reassure them. Yeah. And I mean, and that's innate security. Yes. They, they need that. And, and I will say the difference between having uh, Leo for six weeks and then pretty much all of my other dogs were um, at least a year old, um, except for one of them. I did, ha- I did adopt my other favorite best dog, Balto, who passed away uh, three years ago. Uh, we had her from five months um, until she was 12. The difference between having a dog their entire life and adopting one the bond is very strong when you've had them their entire life. The bond is less strong when you've rescued. Yeah. That's I in my experience. Yeah. But then again, I put, <clears throat> excuse me. I put a lot of effort into a rescue dog. So the bonding for me and that's true. That's true too. I mean, when it's, it's, it's something that you've put a lot of effort into, um, you know, I, I am only just now at a place where I can put all of my energy into an animal because I, you know, spent 20 years and those kids really required. Yeah, and, and that should be a ridiculous amount of energy. Yeah, I, I agree. My parents had two dogs. Uh, when I reflect back, I love my parents. They're they're very they were very compassionate people. But 
I tend to disagree with how they treated their dogs. One dog was outside all the time. Yep. And I think that that is, in a sense, depending on the breed, is a sense of neglect because Um, yeah the dogs are pack animals so they want to be with the pack and they consider you a pack member right right i mean that's that's i that is cats we we haven't even approached cats yet but cats are it's yin and yang it it, it, is largely yes two different types of animals cats tend not to be pack animals they could that you know they bond with you but they can live with or without you yes very independent they're very Um, independent they're very self-sufficient they amuse themselves uh much better than a dog does the the dog looks to you for entertainment. Now we have seen on like the dog whisperer or cat whisperer if that if you neglect your cat and don't entertain yeah, it, it you can be quite problems. destructive. They they can really be problematic. Yeah, they get bored. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I have one very needy cat. She is very much um, dog like in that she wants to be attached to me if I'm here. I mean, she's fine if I'm gone, but if I'm around. She's very attached to me. And I think that that happened because as a kitten, she was, I don't know, six, seven weeks old and she got very sick. Um, She got a respiratory condition. um, So sick that her mother wouldn't have anything to do with her. Abandoned abandoned her. And I kept her with me. I took her, you know, to the vet and the vet said, okay, you're going to have to feed her out of this dropper every hour for at least the next 48 hours. And so, you know, um, over the course of about five days, her personality changed a lot from her being the skittish, the most skittish of the six kittens to the, um, absolute most tame. I mean, she just was so weak. She couldn't do anything. Um, and I just held her, I put her in my pocket and carried her around and she's still, yeah. If, if, if I have something big and loose on, she's going to try to crawl inside my sleeve or get into my pocket. You created a chihuahua. I did. I, that's how I feel. <laughs> I created a chihuahua. Um, you know, when I go to bed at night, she absolutely insists on laying right next to me. She's needy. She's a very needy kitty. You remember Billy and Betty, the Bedford Bumpkin twins. I do not. As kittens. Well, uh, Betty was a kitty kitty. Uh Cat. Billy, on the other hand, which we called him Billy the Butthead, Uh was a dog. Yeah, I think he was a dog human in cat form. He once put on a pair of my slippers and started walking across the room in my yeah. slippers. I I had a witness to it. <laughs> and they were like, holy fuck, what is your cat doing? I was like, he is an odd duck. He's yeah. And that's he, what- he, he, and I did nothing, nothing to engineer that. I raised them both exactly the same way, raised them yeah. from kittens, and he he was what I would say a human dog in a cat form and Betty, his sister was 
a beautiful epitome of what a cat is. Yes. She was loving, but she, she was not like your, you know, your kitty where they would, she would want to cling to you. She liked her space. Yeah. Well, I, I, I have mother daughter kitties. I have, um, and, oh, right, and, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And mother kitty is very independent. Um, she, as you said, I mean, she's, she's loving, but she requires very little of my attention. And, and what I think sweet about having mother daughter kitty is they are very loving and bonded to each other. And I, I, I watch them and it's very sweet. I, 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 I find all- it's really important with cats. I having I've had about I would say at the most uh you, you are a cat lady. At one time I I, I had about cat 20 cats. Like 20 cats. Yes. I, and by the way, I vetted them. Yes, all. you did. I remember helping you with that one day many years ago. Yes. Thinking, so they were not crazy. neglected. No, you had 20 well taken care of cats. Healthy cat ladies. Cats. Yes, that's because the location I lived in, there was a constant dumping, public dumping of cats at grocery stores, at at public spaces, and I could not walk away from a kitten. That is how I ended up with cats. Um, Currently, I had not had a cat for about 10 years because my son was allergic, and then... um, Two years ago, my employee calls me on a Saturday morning and she said, I don't know what to do. Someone has dumped this cat, thrown it out the car window, and here it is in the gym parking lot. And I said, no matter what you do, don't bring that cat inside. And when I arrived at work 30 minutes later, the cat was inside. (laughs) Sucker. And yes, and the cat was inside and um, someone was supposed to adopt the cat. Um, So I left it at the gym all weekend long um, with food, with water, with a litter box. Um, And that person did not come. And my daughter found out that the cat was still at the gym. And my my daughter never goes to the gym. She doesn't want to be at the gym. Um, She uh, went to the gym and brought the cat home. And so voila, I have a cat. And again, I say to her, this is your responsibility. I want nothing to do with this. Wow. Uh, you, you keep repeating the I'm same so story. <laughs> You're just so full of shit. And um, <laughs> anyway, she made an appointment for said kitty to um, go to the vet. And the appointment was about three weeks after, um, you know, she had brought the cat home and I noticed as the weeks went by that the cat was getting fat and I noticed this and in the back of my mind, I was like, but it was a very tiny cat. It was very young, very, just kind of in between that kitten and cat stage. And a I teenager. Thought, yeah. I thought surely this cat cannot actually be pregnant. And yes, it can. Sure enough, Sunday night before the vet appointment on Monday morning, that cat wakes us up in the middle of the night with a howling. And I woke Mabel up and I said, I want you to let her be wherever it is that she wants to be. Like whatever she's making that racket about, make her happy. And I went to bed and I went to bed knowing that I was gonna wake up the next day to kittens. 
And sure enough. Voila. Yes. And then How many kittens? There were five kittens. Um, they all survived. She was a very good mother. Um, and Which is not always the case. No, that's by not, the way. especially when they're so little like that. Um, and then about three days after the kittens were born, my daughter went to Texas for a month. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a pre-planned trip. And so mom, who's going to have nothing to do with these cats, um, you are a sucker. Yeah. So anyway, um, they, they, yeah, they, they had kittens. She had kittens in the guest bedroom and she was a very good mother. I didn't see the kittens until about a week before Mabel came home. So she kept them hidden from me and I just kept her in food and did not go investigate or try to find, um, I just left it, let it be. And yeah, um, let nature take its course, so yes. to speak. Uh, you know, okay, let's say this. If you have a full-bred cat like that that costs $2,000, sure. $5,000, you're not going to leave those kittens. You're, you're going to find out where those kittens are. Mainly because you're breeding that cat yes, because to that's, sell those kittens. That's, that's so let, let me take a step back. It depends on what you how the cat got pregnant, what your intentions are with the kittens as to whether you leave them alone and let nature take its course. Because a lot of times if you interfere with uh, the kittens, the mother will abandon. Yeah. And and so that will interrupt a process of bonding for the kittens to the mother. She'll move and, she yeah. might not and that was, that was exactly my thought process was, was, you know what, when a cat has kittens, you just leave it alone and she will bring those kittens around when those kittens are ready to come around. And you may have one that, you know, doesn't survive, but if you interview fear too much, especially with them so young, then like you may end up with five or six dead kittens. So yeah. anyway, I've got them all adopted and they're all fixed and um, the uh, little runt of a kitten um, that, uh, you know, was, was wild and crazy and didn't want anything to do with humans is the one that I ended up keeping. So that's, that's a good story. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it, it didn't turn out. I mean, I chose her because she had unique markings and also because she wanted very little human contact. And then when she got sick and I gave her all that attention, it totally changed her and, you know, turned her. Right. You picked the weakest link because you knew it needed more attention. Yeah. So and that maybe an adoptive person would not recognize or nurture. And that I want to go back to breed because cats, cats, not so much. You can pick a breed like a, a, I think they're called raccoon cats. Mancoon. I had a mancoon. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I knew it was mancoon. I yeah. don't know what my problem is. Either way, they have uh, a very distinct personality. So oh, some cats goodness. do have. Yes. And, um, and and that should be recognized. But dogs specifically, yes. I can't drive this home enough. Ah. Even if it's a mutt, yeah. you need to find out the base 
personality yes. because I had a corgi mix named Matilda and uh, it's a unique breed. Mm-hmm. Even though she was a mutt, uh, corgis are herding dogs. Mm-hmm. They bark a lot. Mm-hmm. So you need to be very aware of what type of, if you don't like barking dogs, don't get a you corgi. better find out if you're a and mutt. Maybe don't, don't get a beagle. Don't get a beagle. Oh, goodness. Don't get a corgi. Don't get a schnauzer or. Yeah. yeah. I hate to say it, but pit bulls are the perfect non-barking dog. They're Mm -hmm. very quiet. I consider them oversized chihuahuas, but chihuahuas bark more than pit bulls. Yes. Yes. When I adopted a, we lost both of our dogs about the same time because I always tend to pair dogs. I know that you don't have to pair dogs, meaning Dogs don't need a companion to be happy as long as they have you. Yes. But I tend to pair dogs together because if, if my partner and I cannot be at home, I like that they have a companion. That is why Leo goes to work with me now is because he had two other dogs and my two other dogs passed away. um, And it leaves a void. And it, it leaves a pack void. void. And he really became very needy of my attention. Yes. They do become and, depressed, despondent. Yes. yes. And and so I, you know, started bringing him to work and it completely took care of the situation. I mean, he just needed, he needed his pack. So, right. yeah. so I adopted this husky, um, not because I, I tend to adopt, uh, mutts or mixed yes. breeds yes. and I tend to adopt uh rescue dogs from yeah you you and I both are alike in that in that we find a dog that needs us in that moment um versus least, picking a breed right right at well least I mean we, I picked the breed of rescue but I do tend to think that there are a lot more dogs abandoned and need a home in comparison to a puppy that's adorable and that in all likelihood will get adopted yes. in a humane society or a puppy farm. Yep. Yes. And, and that's, that's me. I tend to choose an older dog um, because I know that they are not as likely to get adopted. And also um, I don't want to go through the, uh, potty the, the puppy process. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't really want to do that. Um, so the, the last rescue dog that I had, um, was a beagle, which, um, gosh, those are humane, hard dogs. They are hard dogs. And the humane, society, loyal. the folks, well. the, the Monroe County humane society were fantastic in questioning my decision. Cool. That's, yeah. that's, that's where I had adopted two other dogs. Um, and, um, you know, here I'm, I'm, you know, contemplating adopting this beagle and they're like, Marcy, you know, and I do, and I do volunteer there. So they know me a little bit. I'm not there all the time, but, but at that time I would volunteer maybe once a month and walk dogs and things. And they knew me well enough to know kind of what I typically go for, but this dog, I knew nobody was going to take this guy. 
and um, he was so well behaved. And uh, they were like, Marcy, no, like, no, it's an act. It's, it's an act. <laughs> it's Are just- you sure you want to do this? And I, I did, I adopted him and um, my kids and I, and, and my ex too, we all say the same thing about Betty. He's, he, um, I believe passed away. Um, we all say he was the worst dog ever, but we loved him anyway. Um, he was absolutely, he would um, steal your sandwich. If you were holding a sandwich and walking across the room, he would steal your sandwich right out of your hand. No boundaries. No boundaries whatsoever. Um, he, How old was he when you adopted? You think that he was maybe 11 years old. Yeah. And yeah, he was set in his ways. Yeah. And um, he, he was a lot. Um, and he was a survivor. He sure was. So he, <laughs> um, we used an underground fence and a, um, for, for our dogs to keep him in the yard. And um, one day he, um, and he was very hard headed about the underground fence. Like he tested it in different areas. He had different, um, sort of schemes that he had been working, uh, digging holes. He dug up some of it. You know, we thought we'd taken care of that. And then one day, lo and behold, there's a hole in the backyard and his shot collar is laying next to the hole and Betty's gone. He's gone. And for color off um I don't know he was like he was just like that though like he could take his shirt off if he he would wear a sweater because you would brag on him and he would you know be really cute but as soon as he got alone um somehow he would get that sweater off I mean he just a true escape artist he really was um and so on Facebook uh people would post pictures like hey is this your dog buddy sightings yes and then I (laughs) you know, get in touch with them. And they would be like, dag nabbit. Like we had him in the garage and then we just barely opened the door. And I'm like, and he was gone. And they were like, yes. And then he would show up at another place. And this went on from the day after Thanksgiving until Valentine's day. And on Valentine's day, he just came home. And (laughs) so he came home. So he was done traveling. He was done traveling. Um, I he knew exactly up. where home was he knew exactly all that time. I believe he probably did. I opened the door. He came in he laid down on the couch. Like he had done nothing wrong. <laughs> and, um, the interesting thing about that was a lot of his behaviors were much better after that. Um, so well, he was that, old. Yeah. It was an interesting thing that, that suddenly, um, you know, he, he minded better. He was easier to deal with. He was, he was very much an empath. He knew if I had a rough day, he was very sweet to me and very attentive to me. Um, and he definitely was sort of my dog. Um, and what happened, uh, sadly, and this is, this is the hard part of, um, pet ownership when they get old and they start having health issues, um, coming to the realization that you have control over how much pain they're going to be in. Um, but you, um, at least for me, it's hard to make that decision of let's put this dog down because that's the most. Yeah. I, I think that's, yeah, that's a lesson that you just have to learn. And I believe that everybody 
behaves poorly mm -hmm. the first couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and I know I did with yeah. my cats, with dogs. I didn't want to let go. And I yes. thought, well, maybe with just enough vetting. Yes. Uh, with just enough care. Yep. I could and, leak and this my vet, out. Yeah. My vet was very upfront with me, but he started having seizures. Yeah. Um, that's that. Yeah. That's when. Yeah. And, and it was, it was a, a cyclical thing. He would have seizures for three or four days and then not have seizures for four or five weeks. And we went through, um, you know, I don't know, a few months of this and the vet was just like, this is not going to get better. Like this is, you know, really there's no medication we can give him. There's no. And, right. Right. And, um, I just wasn't ready to let go. And sadly, uh, when I went on vacation to Idaho, um, buddy left and, um, didn't come back, didn't come back. And so, you know, I, I assume yeah, missed you, opportunity. I know I could have said goodbye instead. Um, I made it traumatic, traumatic for my ex-husband who was in charge of buddy. Um, <laughs> oh I know. Wow. I know. Um, that was, that was, um, yeah. Oh, what bad luck. I know. I feel so no, seriously that, that it just seems really bad luck that that person has to be in charge of animals that both. Yeah. That, that, he has no control over and then he has to tell the person who returns home that well just so you know i made a decision after that happened and after the bird died that um i would no longer put him in that position well that's because, kind of you because yes because that's I a terrible position you. to put him in yeah yeah after the first i would have been like no i'm out i'm yeah. out yeah go find somebody else to do this or i guess maybe the second the second time that well that to, to his credit he has he's never said i wouldn't watch an animal i yeah, um, well but, but i made credit, i made that decision of you know I i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put him in that position ever i would have hunted early on <laughs> because i'm weak so no definitely but anyway yeah pets they they definitely um, it's hard to let go of them. Uh, and interesting. But it is the kinder action. And it is. I, it is. I can't say it enough, but also to the person who's going through it, it is, it's easier to say than do. So it has to be your experience and your decision. And no matter how much you care about your friend or the dog or cat or animal involved, it has to be on their terms and they have to come to the realization that the dog or cat or animal has to be mm -hmm. put in. Mm -hmm. And that was, um, yeah, it, it is, it's, but it's so hard. It's not fair yeah. and it's not pleasant. And I've done it to multiple, multiple animals, but they have very short lifespans and I want to drive that home. If you get a pet, you will suffer to some extent. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Because it is very short term. Mm -hmm. 
and and um you know i i uh, my main coon cat lived 19 years yeah they're a great breed so he lived so long um i and was in great health um you know you really start to think he's just gonna live forever <laughs> was he an indoor cat or outdoor um he started out as an indoor outdoor cat and then probably I don't know, the last four or five years of his life, he really just stayed inside. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you do like after a certain age and, and I experienced this with um, my, my uh, dog, my great Pyrenees mix, they don't live a long time typically. Um, and she had hip dysplasia and we were told when she was about a year old that we would probably have her for four or five years. And then she lived to be 12. And, um, and that makes it, you know, it's, it's like you have that extra time. So when they live a really long time, it is a, it's a blessing, but it also does make it, um, you kind of, at least I kind of convinced myself, you know what, they're just going to live forever. It'll be fine. Right. I'm going <laughs> right. to the vet. We're going to get, it'll be 20 years and it'll be, if fine. it was supposed to die at four and they're 12, then they'll live yeah. another six. Yes. I, I mean, yeah. It's very delusional. Yes. And in, in the sense it's, it's kind of delusional, but it's certainly, I've always thought it was worth the price. As soon as I lose, oh, absolutely. An, as soon as I lose an animal, and this has been my mo, I within about three or four months I will get another mm-hmm. because I think that the grief I go through for that animal, getting another animal and giving them an opportunity to live in a house that. Um, what I think, I, I well, think I'm kind to animals. It, it makes more room for love. I mean, it, it, it really I, does. Let, let's it does. I, yeah. I want to give that opportunity to an animal to yes. live in a compassionate home. Yes. I know with each animal that I've had, um, I have learned from them and I've learned to be more attentive and more compassionate Um, And it's sort of the same thing, I think, with with kids, you know, my kids are grown now. And um, I don't I don't think I I know I don't want more kids. But I do know that if I had another child or when I am interacting with another child, I am most definitely more present, more compassionate than I was with poor Sam. 25 years ago. And, and Sam is my 25 year old son. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just just to be clear on that. He has has observed me with other children and he is like, wow. The first always kind of gets the brunt of experimentation. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fair, but it's a fact. That's what it is. It is a fact. And uh, going back to, uh, I didn't mention this on the list, but names, naming your pet. I have not had the opportunity to name a lot of my pets because me either. And 
I'm kind of relieved. Like I'm kind of relieved because that is a, you know, a lot. A oh, lot. I love naming pets. Oh, oh, no. I, 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 I dream of having a chihuahua named Corteo. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm the opposite. So I could say I'm the like, name. Um, if if I you know had to be in charge of a dog name, it would probably be like dog, or puppy, or no. I had a Ellen. I had a cat named Kitty. Yeah, I I mean, well, that's, that's me. I mean, I don't call the cats. I have a cat named Teacup and a cat named Sunshine. And I I don't ever call them by their names. I call them kitties. Here come here, kitty, kitty. And Uh no, I, I, my cats always knew their names because I had so many, they had to know their names. I couldn't call every cat kitty. Yeah. So they had to know their names. So I, I drilled in and and you can teach cats their names. It's so, a repetition. You know what? You can teach a cat a lot of things. Um, I was talking with um, my my daughter's friend, Brittany, today, and we were talking about her cat, Patrick. Patrick pees in the toilet. Yeah, that's, I've never been able to teach a cat that. Um, it's impressive. I, I am incredibly impressed. <laughs> I was that's like. That's a lot of effort. I was like, how did this happen? And she said, I, I think that, um, it just happened from her brother, um, being in the bathroom with the cat all the time. That's what she said. Yeah, they, there are some cats that just are smart enough to mimic sort of like how Billy walked in my slippers. I don't think he really thought, oh, I'm going to put these slippers on. He no. just saw me put my feet in the slippers so many times that he was mimicking me. Yes. And, and yeah. yeah, that's still yeah. impressive because it's if I could impressive. get at that kitty litter box. Oh God. Oh. So that's, that's my beef with the cats. Genius. I mean, that is, yeah. I don't mind the cats. I enjoy the cats, but if you walk into my house and you, you've experienced this every time you come over, does it smell like cat poo in here? No, does it smell like cat not poo? at all. And, and that's, I ask everyone and Sam was at the house on Wednesday and I have been, which uh, is one thing I did want, I hate to interrupt you, but kitty uh, urine is very toxic to the house. And I don't think that people realize this. It, it's not just, it's ammonia. Yeah. So you are actually poisoning yourselves. Thank you. I've noticed this in a lot of houses where people are not attentive to the cat litter box. It is not just in a sense, disgusting, but you are poisoning. No, it is a hundred percent disgusting. And, but it can cause inflammatory reactions in your body because you're breathing in those toxic fumes all the time. Yes. So I, I get, um, I'm generally very meticulous about cleaning the litter box and I had very meticulous. Thanks. Well, I haven't been this past week or so because of, um, you know, I'm just been gutting a building. My son comes over and he stands in my dining room and he makes this terrible face. And he said, it smells like poo. And I was like, that's the freaking litter box. I said, would you like to clean the litter box? <laughs> Sweet I mean, of mine. He, he had a few comments about his mom's house when he came over the other night, rather late, about 9, 9 p.m. And uh, he's like, wow, mom, you have dirty dishes. Wow, mom, you haven't made your bed. 
wow, mom, it smells like poo. And I was basically like, you know what? If you would like to do the dishes, clean the litter box and make the goddamn bed, you can. Otherwise, shut up. Every woman needs a maid. Uh, generally, <laughs> or these, a man maid. <laughs> yeah, generally, these are things that happen in my life on a daily basis, but uh, they didn't happen last week. And um, well, one other thing I want to drive home to people because I know that we've been talking about our love for pets, but man, they cost a lot. They cost a lot. And I hate to say this, and I'm going to get on a soapbox here. I believe the vets have gotten to the point of ridiculous because I do believe that pets need to be in your life. And I don't think that money should be a barrier to owning an animal I, in your life. And yes. it costs. And I've heard you, I've heard you on this soapbox. Oh my gosh. I, and I have a completely living in a small town. I have a completely different experience. Yeah, of course. So you know, a couple of times a year, we have rabies clinics and spay and neuter clinics that are basically $15 um, to have your pet taken care of, um, you know, get its vaccinations and um, to get fixed. And then I also, um, my local vet and I've shopped around um, and my vet that has been in business, I don't know, 40, 50 years, oh, it's a generational Jesus. thing. Um they are, they were my vet. Yes. And they're incredibly reasonable. Um, yes. they, they, they're not greedy. Right. So, so the vet office, um, since you, you used to go there 25 years ago. Yes. Looked exactly the same, except more worn down, um, up until this past summer. They and, renovated and they renovated this past <laughs> summer. And, um, that's I, a true small business owner. That's if right. It works. Don't, it, don't fix don't it. Fix it. Exactly. Right. I mean, people were not going there for the ambiance. And I used to kind of laugh because I have a client, um, a husband and wife client that are vets. And in the 15 years that they have been clients, and I used to take my animals to them, but I got to where I couldn't afford it. Because it was triple what I pay to my, my vet that I have now, but they remodeled their office twice in the last 15 years. And, and the um, consumer pays for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not only that, but I've been seeing a trend of corporate vets and yes. I'm at a corporate vet right now. And I can tell you that my experience there has been very unsatisfactory their legal laws interfere with the vetting, uh, reasonable vetting wow. of your animal. Yep. I will be looking for a new private vet because well, I'd say bring your doggos back down to Bedford because yeah, I know, but I'm not willing to drive an hour and a half to vet my dogs. Exactly. I mean, and that's, that's, you know, it, it is, that's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous concept. And, and not, only I have a that, feeling you could find someone else cheaper. Um, but and, it's not about cheapness. I'm not even well, talking no, about, no, no, I don't but less expensive what? and also more adequate to your needs. If you, you know, broaden your search outside I'm of talking about just area. general communication yeah. and agreement between the vet and I, and not some legalese that interferes with the protocols that they require. 
Well, in a bad, I mean, they're just like a doctor. I mean, they are a doctor. They're an animal doctor. They are a doctor, but. And you have to talk to them. I mean, I shopped around when I decided that I was leaving, um, you know, my clients um, because they gave excellent care. They really did. Um, I talked to two or three other vet offices before I took my animals because I wanted to make sure that they had the same philosophy of me. Um, the other, other than the cost with my um, previous vet, the other issue was end of life. Um, and they very much uh, were about um, finding ways to extend your animal's life. Yes. That, that could be cost prohibitive. They were, it was cost prohibitive for me. And then I was left feeling guilty because I wasn't going to spend $6,000 no, on hip not. surgery for my dog. No. And, um, you know, I, I really wanted to find a, a vet that could appreciate that and would, you know, support me in my decision. Versus well, I have a neighbor whose vet, which I've told her to leave the vet, would not um, put down her dog because he didn't believe in euthanization of a dog no matter what. He felt wow. the dog should go through a natural course of death. And let me tell you, it's very unpleasant. I let one of my animals go Ooh. through that who had leukemia. It, uh, her, her name was Gitana. And she was I a remember cat yeah. and she had leukemia and uh, it was in my denial phase of euthanization. And I believed I could save her. And I went through her death throes and it was very unpleasant. It was, yeah, it was heartbreaking. And I became ashamed of my behavior and it was a life lesson of get some balls not to be yeah yeah to, to get some balls and to have the courage enough to say when it's time to let an animal have a graceful and peaceful death yeah so i yeah. cannot express to you enough that if you do get an animal it is not free even if you get no. a free animal, you still no, it is absolutely not free. There's still rabies shot. There's heart guard. You don't want to go through the process of an animal Even having heartworms. Yeah, that's, they that's will it. die. Yeah, and if you do find out they have heartworms, it's a six to seven month process of caging them so they don't have a heart attack. So, yeah. and the treatment's expensive. I mean, it, it, it's extremely it is. expensive. Um, it is, I mean, it's, it is, um, but it is a financial commitment. Um, so have a budget. Don't yeah. just go out there and say, I'm going to adopt a dog. I'm, yeah. I'm rescuing this animal. I'm going to rescue five. Yeah. Be so really so responsible. story about Mabel with her, with Leo wanting Leo, I was, um, willing to go to the Humane Society and put down $75 to get another rescue dog. And then I would be responsible for it. And she could say it was her dog, um, but she wanted, she was in 4-H. Um, she was showing, uh, yes, she, she wanted a purebred, 
golden retriever because they they're were beautiful dogs. They're beautiful dogs. There were a couple of her four H'ers that had them. And um, one of them was a breeder. And so she, this is what she really wanted to do. And she was 10 years old. Um, <laughs> and so I said to her, you know what, you can have a golden retriever that's papered and everything when you have enough money to pay for it and pay for six months worth of vet bills and six months worth of food. And so, um, she started a pet sitting business. Oh, she saved up her money. <laughs> she did. I thought admirable. Pet- oh, good God. Um, I thought the pet sitting business would last a weekend. Um, but no, she, she did it for a year. Um, and, uh, she did a, a very good job of it. Um, I, that was something I, I refused to have anything to do with, even though I just really wanted to get involved with that because of course like, you did. My gosh. I mean, they're like, she had miniature poodles sometimes, you know, one time she, she pet set a bird, you know, like I wanted to get in this business, but I would, I couldn't because that would be going back on what I said I was going to do. So she gets enough money to buy this dog. And then as soon as she got Leo, the pet business shut down. Wow. (laughs) And I think that we can say that to everybody. If you have an objective, paint it. Yeah, you can move on. It doesn't always have to be the same objective. You can I saw this was like a way for her to make a couple of hundred dollars every month. And I was like, dang, I hope this kind of keeps up. But nope. Once she got Leo, that was that became her full attention. And um, she did. She she bought dog food. She, you know, um, went to the vet visits. She paid for the vet visits with her wadded up five and ten dollar bills. And, um, you know, it, it was a, a really a, a great lesson in the cost of pet ownership since then. Well, you gave your daughter agency. And I, I do believe that I don't see that a lot. No, you never, you really don't. Because the parents, okay. Another thing we did not mention is boundaries for pets. Oh, I've seen a lot of pet owners that do not create boundaries boundaries for their animals the dog whisperer is a fine example of a show that made millions of dollars on showing the fact that it's the human that's at fault not the dog yeah Yeah. you need to create boundaries for these pets as you do children yes because if you don't it's a train wreck yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and I still with, with, you know, Leo, who's, um, 11 years old, um, we, we still have boundary issues, um, with him, uh, you know, uh, his, his biggest, the biggest obstacle that we have is I love all other animals and Leo does not like that at all. And we're, we're working on Loki right now. Because he doesn't like me to touch Brad and he doesn't oh. like Brad to touch me. Oh, oh. Yeah. That- and it, because we got him as a rescue. Okay. Huskies are very unique breeds and I can't reiterate this enough. 
if you do not have a lot of time, patience, effort, do not get a husky. husky. Yes. They are diggers. They're time consuming. They're headstrong. Mm-hmm. They're vocal. Mm-hmm. They're incredibly active. Quite dirty and hyperactive and destructive. So we found him as a companion to Maya, who is a husky that I also uh, adopted from a neighbor because they had not realized the breed that they had bought into. Yeah. And they were not happy because they're destructive. If you want your house to be bleach clean, spick and spick. Don't get a husky. Don't get a husky. They shed. Also, don't get a great Pyrenees because they're, they're like that. There's some yeah, great Pyrenees. A, another fine example of yep. a high maintenance, dirty dog. That's yep. why I call them dirty dogs. Yep. And Loki had issues. We had to go through an interview. Again, another thing we have not discussed that now, if you adopt an animal, it's not, you just get them. Oh, you have, you go through an interview process. Like you're adopting a human being. Yes. There's visits, there's inspections. Yes. And we went through that protocol with Loki because he was very aggressive towards men. Specifically. Really? And he is so attached to Bradley. Well, immediately when we went to uh, the homeowner, or she wasn't the owner, she was a foster. What do you call it when they foster? Yes, she was a foster parent for Huskies specifically. Brad sat on the couch and Loki immediately jumped up on the couch and hugged him. And that's when she said, yes. Yeah. She had reviewed, uh, reviewed and refused about six other applicants. And that was enough for her that Loki yeah. was like, mine. Yes. But, you know. Oh, that's sweet. Brad is, I hate to say this, and it's not derogatory. Uh, Brad's a dog. All dogs like Brad. Um, yeah, Brad is a dog. I've never met a dog that hasn't liked Brad. I've met several dogs who have not liked me, but I have yet to meet a dog that does not like Brad. Yeah. He just has that tone, that stature, that calmness that he conveys that uh, it's not the same with cats. So let's be clear. No, I mean, it, it is. <laughs> it is breed specific. To dog. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Cats do not react the same way to Brad. Um, but either way, Loki is very possessive. And I believe that that was a trait that he developed before we got him. Mm-hmm. And we have had to practice every day of punching or touching each other yeah uh, and and creating a no situation of that's not acceptable that's not acceptable that yeah. you're not allowed i i call it cock blocking yeah well, <laughs> that's that's precisely what leo does um he does he, cock block a little he does. bit he does a lot <laughs> um and you know he was actually that way from a puppy he he was like that so maybe um, it's not yeah, I mean, the development. Per- Maybe it's first, just part of the personality. It, it, it is absolutely. I mean, Leo's personality is that of a frat boy. 
I mean, he, yeah, I agree. He is like a bro dude all the way. Um, and he is, um, very jelly of other dogs getting attention, um, especially for me or someone else that he really cares about. And there are, you know, there's a handful of people that he, that are like his people. And, um, I, uh, you know, noticed that if there's another dog around and I'm trying to pay attention to it, or one of his four or five people in his life are trying to pay attention to it, he's going to physically put himself in between you and that dog. He's going right. to clock it. Um, he might growl. Um, yeah. we, I, I, I have largely taken care of the really aggressive stuff. Yes, and, you have. And, and now what he does is he just acts like a bro dude trying to get attention of like, no, you're not talking to my girl. I'm going to come and put my big old body in between you and her. And, um, and he is a big golden retriever. He is a big, he's almost a hundred pounds. So he's a big yes. guy. And, um, and that's what he does is he just cock blocks you. And, um, if I tell him, no, then he gives me the woo, 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 woo. He's real sorry. And, he's <laughs> yeah. and, and he still does it. He's going to make a lot yeah, of it's a repetition. It so is patience, repetition. Although you, you stated that he's been that way ever since you've had him. So yes. you've not been very successful. No. It, it is, um, yes, it is a, it is a constant thing because it is very much a need for him. Um, because he will like, he, he will follow the rules for a moment and he's always, and then, he forgets. And, and then his, so it's an innate part of his personality yes. that yes. you probably more than likely, At and this, this is point, where you need to learn how to bond with your dog and accept as with humans, their faults as well as their positives. And that's kind of where I'm at with him is, is I just know, um, that like, I cannot accept aggressive behavior. Like that is totally unacceptable. That's unacceptable. Um, but I know that if he sees me petting or loving on another dog, um, it is, um, very hard for him to not get in the middle of it. And it is impossible for him to not make noise about it. And so he makes all He's going to complain. He complains. Yes. He makes a lot of noise and, um, yeah, but he eventually he does acquiesce. I've watched it. He yes. does acquiesce. Yeah. He, he gets tired of the game and he realizes yeah. that he's going to be the loser. Yes. But if you had allowed him to always win the fight, oh. he more than likely would be a dangerous yes, um, absolutely. golden retriever, absolutely. which is almost unknown, but golden retrievers oh. even can be dangerous. Well, I, I got really concerned during lockdown um, last year um, because for eight weeks, it was literally just he and I. Um, so he went from having interaction with approximately a yeah. hundred to 150 human beings a day to just he and I, and we were going hiking in the woods. And so I'm out there vulnerable and alone and we would be hiking and I would have him off leash, like out on a trail in the woods. 
And um, a couple of times, if we encountered someone um, with a dog, he would attack them and he would attack them because he was protecting me. Um, and so I, after the third time that that happened, um, you know, uh, I got a shock collar. And so when we went out hiking the next time he had that collar on and it took one time, I actually shocked him and he stopped and he came back to me and whimpered, you know, um, and then ever since then he gets all brussled up. So his fur stands up on end and he makes a lot of noise, but he does not attack, but he does let me know that he's there. He's got my back. Right. Right. I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. You have to be the lead dog. You should never allow your dog to be the lead dog. Yeah. And I mean, lead as in you're the boss, you're yeah. in charge, you take care of him. He doesn't take care of you. Correct. Correct. And, and I think a lot of people get confused about that because they think they're getting a dog to protect them when in actuality uh, yeah. that it's, it's very dangerous for the dog. And if you have a dog yeah. that it will always be that aggressive. Uh, I know in Tibet, they have a lot of what they call guard dogs. They're door dogs. Mm -hmm. And they're specifically always aggressive. Yes. And when you would go hiking or traveling across Tibet when you could, before the Chinese overtook them and became such a political um, restriction, you would carry around a stick Mm -hmm. to defend yourself against aggressive dogs which were the chow chows the chows you know yeah yeah which which are known to be aggressive breed yeah um, they're they yeah. largely so a, yeah an owner if, dog. if you create an aggressive dog they more than likely will always be an aggressive dog and it's very difficult i remember watching a documentary called buck are you familiar with the horse whisperer his name uh, is buck okay no Anybody who wants to go out and cry and watch that documentary. That's why I don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, he's, I know that he travels around the country. I don't know if he still does. He's getting older, but he, he is training. He trained his daughter to Mm -hmm. learn the trade. He was the first person to create a different way of training horses with kindness and compassion and not with the board or the beat uh-huh. or the spurs yeah. or the whip, so to speak. And he made it very clear that once a horse is ruined, it is yeah. ruined and yeah. that it has to be put down for the safety of the animal as well as the human being. And the same goes for dogs. Mm-hmm. Once they're aggressive, it is very difficult curb that behavior and as well you know yeah as well I know I I have been in that position but you got on top of it immediately yes but it's it's still it's it is a really awful feeling because you know your dog is loving and right and (laughs) he wants to love everybody else right and when your dog is being a very bad actor it it's hard um it's hurtful and it's scary um 
And you, you have to nip it in the bud. You absolutely have to take control of it because it's not going to get better. It will get worse. And I believe the same goes for cats because I never allowed. Oh, Oh, man. An attack cat is. Oh man. Yeah. Holy crap. They could do a lot more damage than a dog can. They really can. And, and that is, I've only experienced that once in my life. And, um, sadly I had to have that cat put down. Yeah. There's Uh, no reversing an aggressive feral. Yep. It was a a rescue cat. And I mean, you can adapt to it and what you have to do is then separate it from the rest of your family and keep it in a different part of the home. Yep. Which, yeah, I did that for many months with this cat. Um, it was a, a, a eight or 10 year old cat and I was a college student and the cat hated my roommate, hated my boyfriend, um, was very um, aggressive and hostile. And um, I tried to separate her and her behavior over months did not get better. It just got worse. And um, yeah, I had to have her put down. It makes you think that maybe they're born that way because in the documentary of Buck, the horse whisperer, there are um, circumstances in which an animal is born with a mental disability that creates aggressive or yeah. attributes well, human, that human don't. They're no different. I mean, right. you know, um, so. Hey, I think yeah. it's just more. Uh, you're more aware when animal is that way. Yeah. Uh, you're not allowed to put a human down when they behave aggressively or inappropriate. So yeah. it, it's a different situation. I mean, there are different ethics and morals that we can yeah. discuss. And but I'm I, sure but, but that- My point is, is that, you know, sometimes you are just born that way. Like animals, yeah, sometimes they're just- And that's why I believe they have a consciousness or soul because there's no real explanation for- uh, an animal that's automatically jealous yeah. or uh, automatically aggressive or incredibly or loving, incredibly sweet and loving. I mean, yeah. I've had them all. I've, I've not had aggressive too much, but you remember Rasta. Mm-hmm. He was a little bit aggressive. A little bit aggressive. Be. Yeah. And, and I sequestered him. I did yeah. not allow a lot of people around, around him, him because yeah. he was, an aggressive male cat. Yeah. And you know, and that's, that's a kind of a sad and difficult thing as a pet owner too. Um, when you know, you have an animal that cannot be integrated into the rest of your life. I mean, that's, that's, that, um, my cat, Athea that I had to have put down. It, it was very sad for me because I tried for many months to, you know, incorporate her into the rest of my life. And she just was not having it. And I don't know why um, she took to me because um, she really, everyone else she hated. And she was a rescue. Like I met her two, three times. And um, I knew that she'd been aggressive at the Humane Society, but she was never aggressive to me. She was incredibly sweet to me. And they were excited about me adopting her. And um, yeah, it's a rare bonding. And again, why I believe that it's a 
soul consciousness situation of you your soul bonded with that soul and only that soul could bond with you yes and it felt either results in great uh happiness or yeah i mean she she would have been a perfect cat had i have lived alone Right. Not, <laughs> the cat lady situation of Yeah, if I was gonna be the cat lady, right in the perfect cat for that. But um yeah, she, you know, or if I was gonna have all my social interactions away from the house. But she just was not gonna tolerate um and you, you know, just cannot place a cat like that in most humane societies are unable to place animals that yeah. uniquely bond with only certain human beings. And, th- and that's yes. the unfortunate part about Sadly, it. Sadly, she had been returned to the Humane Society. Her owner had died and she had been returned to the Humane Society, um, I think two or three other times yeah. before I adopted her. And when I brought her back, they told me, they were like, we're going to euthanize this cat. Yeah, it's, it, and, it's a damaged and animal. That was, and that was traumatic for me. Why couldn't they have just said, oh, we're going to find a lovely home. Yeah, they could have just taken the cat and not told you. <laughs> you could have loved that. They want you to weigh. <laughs> but we're going to end this on a positive note. Yes. Of compassion and uh, donations to help animals. Just choose wisely. Become familiar with the Humane Society. If you want to donate money to a pet organization, find out where the money is going. Yeah. And, yeah. and I would advise that it be local. It, yes. Her money will go so much farther if it is local than if it's a national organization. Find a national organization that is local, that you yeah. know the people that work there, you know where the money, you, it doesn't even have to be money. It can be time, effort, no, food. time, effort, things. Um, so my local humane society um, what they count on me for is a um, monthly food donation and then bi-monthly brand new towel donation. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, and, and that just happened by uh, just an odd, I ordered the wrong type of um, shower towels for the gym. And so I had like these 25 shower towels and I didn't know what to do with them. And so I called the Humane Society and they said, Oh my gosh, we would love to have new towels or carriers, animal carriers, animal carriers, anything like that. So I take the towels and they were so excited because they were like, you know, people donate towels, but they're rags. And so I said, okay, yeah, I said, I, I buy new towels every couple of months. When I buy new towels for me, I buy new towels for you. And so that's what I do, but they do, you know, money they can do anything with, um, you just got to, you know, feel confident. Or you can ask them, thing. Or what would you prefer? Them. They have a list. Like right. cash. And, you know, <laughs> do you want cash? Here. Do you want? <laughs> yes. Do so, you want time? Do you want towels? Absolutely. I think and, that's the most productive donation and not just getting. Now, of course, if it, I don't know. I believe that it benefits both you as well as the place you're donating to to become a part of it and not just a click of a Patreon like, oh, yeah, I'll just, yeah, I've done my part, which you have, but 
in essence, you really need to see the conditions that the animals are living in. And Absolutely. that, and, 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 you know, in those type of organizations, yes, donating is good of money and resources, but it is also very, um, a good idea to get involved. You know, those dogs need walked, those cages do need cleaned. Um, and it, it can be a, a, um, you know, a one-time thing for you or for like me for many years, it was a monthly thing that um, I took my kids and we did uh, partly to show them service and also partly for me um, because I just really enjoy animals. Um, and yeah, I would, and, and they get volunteer fatigue like anyone else. So absolutely. they need a reboot of volunteers. If you get fatigued, then bow out for a while. Just yeah. donate cash or don't do anything at all. Yes. But it is important that if you do get volunteer fatigue, that you bow out. If you can't help, don't harm. Don't harm. Thank you. Yes. So you yeah. want to wrap this up? Yes. It has been um, a, a, a good conversation about um, pets and pet ownership. There's so much more that we could get into. Um, and maybe we'll pick this up another time. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you tuning back into It's So Weird podcast with Marcy and Christy next week. Um, you can find us on Spotify, YouTube, uh, iTunes, Google Play, um, uh, I think that's it. So yeah, Stitcher, Stitcher, Ghana, um, oh my goodness. Now we're broadcasting in India. How exciting. So, um, do tune in. And, uh, if you have thoughts, please send us an email. We are at it's so weird one Oh one at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Have a great week. Thanks. Thanks everybody. Thanks. Mark. Bye. Yep. Bye.